Hey Gems, welcome back to the show. Let's not waste any time and jump straight into the topic. Welcome to the show. So go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your story. Sure, absolutely. First of all, I'm so thankful for you having me. I found you not too long ago on the Anthony O'Neill show on YouTube, and I admire everything you put out there. So I'm very uh, honored and blessed to be here. A little bit to myself. So I was born and raised in Germany. I'm a German Ghanaian, so my mom is German. My dad is from Ghana. And I moved to the States about 10 years ago, and I have two kids. I'm married on my third marriage now, third and final. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, I have a degree in international business and intercultural studies, work in finance. And I just started a passion project, um, No More Sleepless podcast. And that's pretty much it in a nutshell. My life took lots of curves and uh, bends along the way. So that's just a few of the highlights here. Yeah, I I appreciate you for your willingness to come on the show and share some of your experiences, some of those curves that you've um, gone through, because it's actually one of the the things that I've gotten a lot of questions about or a request around a topic on, you know, I was authentic in kind of sharing that uh, getting divorced was one of the reasons that kind of forced me to reevaluate things um, and that I had to after I was able to recover from all of that and so I think that a lot of people that heard that part uh, it resonated with them if they had that experience themselves and I don't think that talking about divorce recovery is I don't know I don't feel like I hear much about that story and how people deal with that and I think that there's a lot of shame around that and a lot of guilt and so I appreciate you being willing to have this conversation with me for us to kind of talk about some of the lessons learned and and um, how to lean into healing from those experiences. Yeah I, I do have to say I completely agree just now being divorced twice prior I do some I had to deal with shame and guilt with it personally for a long time and it seems like it is still a little bit of a taboo topic Um, people that see me and see my kids and my husband will obviously instantly know that we are a blended family but it seems like people don't dare to ask or I've had instances where people will learn that I was divorced prior and they'll be like oh sorry and then try and find a way to quickly change the topic so for me, for me itself, it's a big step to now talk about this as well and open up about it, just because I think it can be helpful when you hear those stories. And honestly, after my second divorce, I was in a big hole. I did not think, um, you know, you hear, oh, time heals everything and so on. I did not think I will be ever married again, let alone be happily in love or anything like that. So I think it's good to share those stories and some takeaways and just have an open conversation about that and just take a little bit that taboo away and that shame and guilt that we associate with it. Yeah, you mentioned, you know, after having gotten divorced the second time that you were kind of in this hole. And I don't think that anyone, at least that I imagine, I don't think anyone gets married to get divorced. Like, I don't think that anyone goes into that union thinking that that's going to happen. And I think that sometimes people will say, oh, well, you're taking the easy way out or, you know, people will make judgments about the decision um, from their own experience, where I don't think that anyone that most people getting divorced have considered their options. And most of the time, that's one of the last options. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it has to happen. 
Right. And I think just if you evaluate the situation you're in, as you said, some might look at it as the easy way out, but I don't think people take that decision lightly. And then you also have to evaluate, for example, with me being having kids, I do want to make sure my kids are raised in a healthy environment where there's not a constant um, level of some sort of underlying um, hostility or it's not a loving, nurturing environment for my kids as well. So you have to weigh, of course, having the parent in the house and raising kids together or um, is it really not a healthy environment? And for example, in my first marriage, we should have probably not gotten married in the first place around, but I, I was a teenage mom when I had my first daughter. I was 18 when I had her just a few days before my 19th birthday, and we were already together for some four years. And it, it was um, somewhat of a toxic environment, but I thought, well, we've been together for so long, we'll, we'll stick through this as well. But then when I had my daughter, we, we were both trying to make it work, but it was just not an environment that would have been helpful, healthy for her to grow up in. And he has done a lot of changes and work on himself, and so have I. But that was just a decision. It was similar with my second husband, especially after I was divorced prior. I put in a lot of work and we tried to make it work, but there were just too many things that didn't work out. And it got to a stage where we're living separate in the house for two years and um, he he would travel a lot from his work and then when he comes and is in the house it would be a completely different environment and you could feel and sense that something's not right and I was like I don't want to have my son experience his dad in that way as well I want my kids to experience their parents in the best way possible and if unfortunately that is not together then you take that decision but just being raised in a household where you have two parents that are obviously not happy together and then there might be arguments and fights and all that. I just don't think that's healthy for children as well. And even children let the kids out and you may not have children. If it's not an environment that is healthy for yourself, then maybe you have to take that tough decision in the end. Definitely, you know, kind of weighing um the I don't know if I want to say pros and cons, but weighing the benefits and the costs in the situation. And sometimes the costs outweigh the benefits and you have to um, really consider what that would look like. And, and you also mentioned that after that, even though it sounds like you knew that it was the right decision, um, you felt like you had lost hope that at some point you would be able to be in love again and be happy again. And I think that when a person is in that dark place um, when things are fresh, that it really does feel like there isn't hope for happiness. And so how did you kind of come out of that? Was it kind of time healing all wounds? Was it, what, what were the things that helped you to be able to enjoy, you know, life again? Well, it was a lot. And just as a little bit of a background, maybe to understand that further. So with my second husband, he was the reason why I moved to the US. So I left everything behind in Germany. I left my family behind a good job, my friends, and me and my daughter were just moving to the US. So she also left, of course, her dad behind and the family on that side. And, um, and then come to find out that he was already having an affair years and years before he even met me. And I learned about that when my son was four months old and it was just coinciding with my 
workplace back then shutting down. So it was just everything around me started crumbling and, and I left everything behind. So it, I was in a very dark hole and I, I, for the first time in my life, felt like I was truly heartbroken because I felt this is it. Um, I found the man and, and, you know, you invest so much from your end and then realize that maybe it felt to me that everything from the get-go was a lie because, um, you know, the affair was already going on before he even had met me. So I, I was in a very dark place and I, I was dealing with depression and I did see a counselor. We did try marriage counseling, but um, not for too long. So he attended maybe two sessions and then I was seeing a therapist for a while. And it was just a lot of work. And it honestly, it took me a good five years to talk about it without tearing up. So it did take a long while. And when people say time heals all wounds, it's not just, um, you know, give it a year, give it a month or something. It took me five years to talk about it without tearing up. And even after I had already met my husband yet, that it was still um, a lot of hurt just from that situation. And I think a key um, factor for me was that I had to forgive him and I had to forgive myself just because I didn't want to hold on to any hate in in my heart. And especially knowing that we are co-parenting our son, I didn't want to have um, every argument turn into this uh, hateful um, accusation of because of what you did back then. And so, so I truly had to forgive him. I truly had to forgive myself. And um, as I said, just a lot of work seeing a counselor, um, just trying to in independently also do a lot of work to get out of the depression and um, try to look after myself. And you know how it is when you're working and you have two kids and so on. It couldn't be that I'll be in bed all day with the curtains closed yeah. and give in to the depression and just cry out and everything. And and to me, it was a degree of a, a loss because I lost this love that I was believing in and I lost a partner and I lost a friend. But it's not that you can just hold your world and, and put everything on hold. So I guess to a degree that might have helped as well, just having to have this normal life and be there for my children, have to go to work and Back then I mentioned that um, my workplace, they were shutting down. So I was then starting with a startup company and my former boss took me along. So there was a lot that I could pour into this project, building up a startup company. So I think it was just a lot of different things. Um, yeah, that, that helped in the end. But for me, I think time was a true factor, just being able to, to talk about it. And now I'm just working on letting go of that shame and guilt that I've through marriages that, that failed in the end. You know, you really mentioned some significant pieces and I've, I've written them down here in my notes. And the first thing that I heard you say was that you had tried to go to couples counseling, but even after um, that didn't work out, you sought your own support. And I think that it's important not to hesitate to seek support in a situation like that. Um, whatever that looks like, it might be familial support. It might be the support of your friends and your network. It might be the support of a therapist or something like that. But it sounds like you, you know, were able to identify, okay, I, I don't know that this is something that I can do on my own or that it's not something I have to do on my own. I think right. so many people think that they have to do it by themselves. And that really can, um, keep you from really learning and understanding and speeding up that healing process sometimes too. And so um, the second thing that I wrote down that you mentioned was uh, grieving the loss, right? So even mm -hmm. if you know the relationship ending is what has to happen, 
that that's the best course of action for yourself, for the kids, for everybody in this situation, it's still a loss. And it's not like anyone has passed away, but it's grieving the loss of the relationship you thought you had sometimes, depending on the circumstances. Excuse me. It's grieving the loss of the future you thought you were going to have with this person. And um, there's a lot of layers that are in there based around kind of grieving the loss of maybe a part of your identity, you know, Um, and having to re-identify yourself after uh, a divorce occurs. And so then the last thing that you mentioned, which I thought was even more significant, was that maybe people need to give themselves more time than they think because we say time heals all wounds but I think it's like after two months somebody's like oh my gosh why am I still still struggling it's been two months and you said it's been it was five years until you weren't emotional in having the conversation and I think that healing does have a tendency to take longer than we think it does right right but it doesn't mean that you are like falling apart for five years right incrementally I would assume that you know, over the course of time, how you felt 30 days after was different than six months, a year, three years to the five years to now, you know? Right. And especially with us, it went in stages. So, um, so when I first learned about uh, the affair, we were still trying to make work things out for two years. So I think that was really a hard time because, um, it's still very present and we were still living together. And then I mentioned that we were living separate in, a, in the same house for a while. So, so that was um, maybe not the ideal situation for me, for myself to deal with it. But at least I can say looking back that I tried and we tried to make it work to the best of our abilities and didn't just, um, you know, just throw in the, <laughs> the towel and be like, okay, it's not working. That's it. So we tried. So at least now looking back, I can say I have no regrets. We tried. We tried. It didn't work. Um, but of course, that also complicated the situation because then you still have um, maybe arguments where things come up from the past. And it's not that you can just put it to rest easily and then move on or anything like that. So that is probably something you need to consider as well, where you have to allow yourself some extra time if you're trying to work things out and maybe it does work out or not, or even just that transition period when you're trying to figure out which way are we going, where are we going from here? Definitely, for sure. You know, each each relationship is obviously unique in the circumstances that, um, kind of make up that situation and so I think that's also why it can be helpful to have that support for someone to be there for your unique situation you know to just walk with you in that path and um, I don't know that support always looks like the answers but I think that it it helps in not feeling maybe so alone in it Um, and I think when we shed light on things it helps for those things not to thrive in the darkness so all the questions and the things that come up in our minds when when something like divorce happens as far as like is it my fault like how am I going to explain myself to whoever like you know like if it's my parents or my family or my kids or you know what does that mean as far as like my own identity and um having that support of being able to I guess maybe have an outside person be able to say and remind us um, of, of what's true and what's real and where we should be keeping our focus, I think can be helpful. Um, Especially, you know, I'm thinking about the, 
the re-identifying of yourself, understanding, depending on how long you were married, understanding yourself now as a single person has to be a new thing. So what was that like for you? Um, I think because I had my daughters so young and, and then our, my first marriage didn't last too long. As I said, we should have probably not gotten married in the first place. So I was a single parent for a long time before I even moved to the U.S. So that wasn't necessarily too new for me. And I've always had a strong bond um, to my daughter. So I think that that part of being a single parent wasn't necessarily um, that difficult for me to transition into. It was more just, as, as you said, probably the identity because I moved to the, US, to the U.S. because of him and everyone I meet, they pretty quickly hear my accent and ask me where you're from. And then the question is, well, why did you move to the U.S.? And and I had a conversation actually with a friend because I was like, well, that's always how this topic comes up. And he's like, well, why don't you just say you moved for work or something like that? And I'm just a too truthful person that I will just be able to <laughs> come up with a lie or something. So then it would always be like, well, I moved for my husband and it didn't last. And then that's this awkward moment, you know, <laughs> so, especially with people that barely know me and they're like, okay, I just thank you and goodbye. I wanted to have a little small talk here. Um <laughs> So I, I think that's why it was still um, something that was always very present for me. You know, anytime you meet somebody, you still have the, that conversation come up to a degree and so on. But yeah, definitely, definitely. I think that there's a lot of layers there and it's always, you know, you're mentioning it and I'm like, it's always the questions. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's always the questions that people end up asking. And then I'm like, well, why did you ask the question if you weren't ready for the answer? Right. <laughs> so true um yeah so I think that you know also as people who are outside of the situation I think it's really necessary to be sensitive um of other people and so when I think about that because I've been on that end of things I think I'm more sensitive about people's relationships you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. I don't I don't try I try to be there for my friends and stuff like that but I also don't try to pry and press too hard you know because I'm like who knows what they're going through or how they're feeling or what they're dealing with. I would hope that they feel like they can talk to me about things, but I don't want to put pressure on them. You know, asking people, when are you guys going to get married? When are you guys going to have babies? When is, you know what I mean? And that's like putting additional pressure on people when we don't know the majority of what it's like to be in another person's relationship. The only people that know that are the people in it, you know? Exactly. And it it can all look so great and beautiful from the outside, but you really don't know what's going on. It was so many times we'll be walking around with the kids and you hear people say, oh, you got such a beautiful family. And I just felt like behind closed doors, it was, you know, shambles or so. so, Right. And feeling like a fraud. I think that's Mm -hmm. one of the biggest things is feeling like feeling like a fraud, because when I think if your family, for whatever reason, looks whatever on the outside looks great or people are like oh my gosh but you guys you guys are so happy and you seem like you love each other and all that stuff and it's like you're I don't know like you're crushing other people's dreams or something (laughs) um but but letting that go knowing that you know everyone is human in the situation and nobody's situation is perfect just because it looks one way doesn't mean that's what it actually is and just because it's not because things fell apart in that relationship don't mean that you can never have that happiness or that love or that, that joy moving forward. Mm -hmm. But I think it, I think that you having done your work makes it more possible, right? It made it more possible 
for you to find yourself in the relationship that you're in now. If you, I don't think if someone doesn't do any work, I think that that would be maybe a different, that could be a different situation. Right. Because I think, especially if you're holding on to that baggage, it, it will just reflect in your current relationship or in the next relationships to come. If I would still hold on to those issues with trust and feel worried that my husband might cheat on me or anything like that, it, it would be just a cloud over our relationship. And at some point, you know, the smallest things might escalate just because I'm insecure about what happened in the past. So I think it's very important to to do that work and then moving forward, consider every person you're meeting as a as an individual and don't hold what happened in the past on, hold, don't hold on to it. And then the smallest thing you feel like, oh, it's happening again or anything like that. So I think you really have to do the work to be at peace with yourself and then before you can even consider moving forward. And sometimes it might be just people moving a little fast or, and, and I've, probably done that in the past as well so <laughs> yeah but at least for me it was very helpful and then also with my husband now um, we met through work so I knew him already for a year and a half before we even started dating and we were friends at work so it wasn't that um, scenario where you meet somebody and everybody's putting their best foot forward and then it's getting to know each other and then it's like oh you know you see I don't want to say red flags, but you see some traits maybe you weren't aware of before or you see this happening. So we already knew each other very well before we even started dating. And um, and that's just been very helpful now. We've been married for a year now, but it almost seems like I, I can read his mind and his thoughts and his face, every expression. And I'm like, you know, I know what you're about to say and, and so on. So, um, yeah, just I think that's very important if you're considering moving forward with a relationship. And as I said, for me, not even 40 years old i thought i'm done with the love life it's just not uh, here for me <laughs> no i'll be single for the rest of my life and it's okay and and then before you know it you know i'm i'm happily married now in a relationship i couldn't be happier in and and that sometimes sounds so um i don't know colored as well so like you're looking through glasses tainted glasses because it's not every relationship is perfect we too had to do some work you know um just living together with two kids i'm close with my kids and he had been a he had not lived with kids together before anything like that it's the first relationship he had with a woman that has kids and and living together with kids and he used to live by himself for pretty much all his life when he moved out and that was an adjustment for all of us so it's not that you you just have to this vision you know movie story like uh it's gonna be a dream we move in and or get together and everything just falls into place you have to sometimes do the work and then um if you do the work be it with yourself or in the relationship then you can also hopefully have some fruits <laughs> of that hard labor girl you are you are listen the adjustment is real. It is not a game, especially with children. Blending families, mm -hmm. that's like a whole different episode to talk about, like, <laughs> yeah. blending families, you know? But um, I think that you saying that you were friends or you knew each other before you started dating is is significant because Gottman, John Gottman, who d has, does, like, a lot of relationship research and whatnot, they say friendship is the foundation, you know, of of really good relationships mm -hmm. and to be able, if it's not that you've known each other and then you, you know, you just start dating, how can people date in a way that they're getting to know them 
without all the frills and all of that stuff, you know, like you were saying, people putting their best foot forward. And I think that um, people who have been married and divorced, it's like one of two ways. Um, Either someone gets married and divorced and they kind of keep repeating those cycles or um, they're very quick to try to find another relationship and be um, with someone. Or you're on the other end of it where, like you said, you're like, you know what, this whole love thing, maybe it's not for me. Like, <laughs> maybe right. I need to, I, I would be fine being myself. I said I was going to be like a modern day nun. That's what I said. <laughs> and so, and so I, I think that on that end, there's that hesitation um, mm-hmm. to get back into relationships or to get married again, because we kind of have, it's like we've been burned before, you know? And we feel like, am I going to get burned again? It feels like a gamble. And to be able to be getting to know someone without the, I don't know how else to say it. Like, there's nothing to lose. You know what I mean? Like, I'm cool with being by myself. I don't need anybody else. I know that I can be independent, take care, whatever. And so then I can just hopefully show up as authentically as I possibly can and just say, hey, this is it. I'm crazy over here. Um, you're going to have to deal with this, this, and that. You know what I mean? So I feel like having having had the situations that I did, at least, I was able to show up authentically, 100% myself, with all my flaws and saying, hey, like, I know I'm not perfect. Here are the areas that I see. You might see things that I don't even know about yet. But that really created a foundation in the relationship where there's nothing that's off limits to be able to to talk about you know and explore and I think because people are maybe trying to keep up their their appearance maybe or something you know like trying to look a certain way or whatever we maybe sugarcoat or filter things and then those things become issues later on yeah and and the thing is it's just going to be a matter of time until he sees your flaws you see his flaws so It's not like you can hide it forever. <laughs> even if you're trying to work on some of them, it's just going to be a matter of time. Or even there might be flaws that you're not even aware of, like you said, and he might see them and you don't even see there's an issue that you need to work on anything. So I, I just always uh, was a person I did, don't like this dating game, especially if it's like a game, you got to wait until somebody texts you and then right. how long am I waiting to respond or just, you know, just trying to pr- be somebody that I not truly am. I, I, do hope that the person I'm with loves me for who I am and how I am be it with everything. (laughs) I I kept telling my husband, we actually had this long conversation before we started dating. And it was just when I felt like there might be some interest beyond um, just coworkers and friends and everything. So I had this long conversation. I'm like, I'm not even coming with a little suitcase of baggage. I got a trailer behind me. So (laughs) you might want to be aware of this, this, this and that. And and then at least you you have already this um, common ground where you have this acceptance and, and you take the person the way they are unconditionally. And then you, um, well, I don't want to say unconditionally, there might be some things where you have boundaries where you're like, okay, this is absolutely not acceptable if I learn about this. But at least you have this open conversation and know what you're getting into for everyone. Because I feel like I don't want to waste your time. I don't want you to waste my time. And especially when you have kids you're very conscious about anyone you introduce to your children and any relationship you enter at least that's how it always was with me because they get attached to the person you introduce and and then they might experience a loss and so on so yeah Yeah. just mm -hmm. I love that you know um 
it's it's so vital. I don't think obviously no relationships are perfect, right? So it's not that mm-hmm. okay, if I'm just 100% authentic whatever. All right, we're not going to have any problems or conflicts or disagreements. It just means that hopefully you're better able to know what some of the obstacles might be and that you're comfortable enough to be uncomfortable to have the conversations that you have to have in order for your relationship to thrive, you know? It's just about right. that communication. Absolutely. Yes. And, and especially um, when we first started dating, I still had a lot of this hurt emotions just going through my prior divorce, even after doing all the work and having forgiven him and son, I just wanted him to be aware of, you know, I, I'm not in a place I was 10 years ago or 15 years ago. I had something significant happen in my life that affected me. And um, just looking back, I'm, I'm a more emotional being than I ever was. There would be something on the movies and I'm the first one to start crying. And I never used to be like that. And I do <laughs> just account to that big heartbreak that I had. But um, at least he was aware and then we can try and work things out. And um, he, he wouldn't be questioning, like, why she in tears so easily, quickly over everything, you know? <laughs> I mean, hopefully divorce doesn't have to be a death sentence, right? Mm -hmm. And um, as much pain, right, the depth of pain or sensitivity, like you mentioned, might grow because of your experience. But maybe on the other end of that, maybe you can experience love and joy in a new and different way, too. You know what I mean? Maybe there's a there's a bright side to that. And hopefully um, that can be what people can hold on to as they're recovering from their experiences. Um, I, and, and just evolving and growing through life, you know, and it's, it's definitely easier said than done, right? We can talk about this now and have this conversation, but like you mentioned, if we had this conversation, however many years back, it, it might look a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but for anyone that is either struggling or still recovering, you know, there is hope, um, and and a light at the end of the tunnel so true I love how you always put you find always the perfect words <laughs> I could listen to you forever I'm like yes that's it. <laughs> so where can we find you and support you you said you have a podcast I'll make sure that link is in the bio but where do you want everyone to come and visit you um, so the best would be on Instagram. My handle is Anna underscore no more sleepless. And then my podcast is no more sleepless. So you can also email me at Anna at no more sleepless.com. Perfect. Well, I really do appreciate you for hopping on and sharing some of your, your experiences and your gems um, from those experiences. I, I think that this will be so helpful for many to hear. And that just message of hope and that death uh, divorce does not have to be a death sentence. Um, but it can be something that you can rise above and can be, you know, a, a part of your life and a part of your story, but not completely define you. Yes, I love that. Divorce is not a death sentence. <laughs> Big takeaway for everyone out there. Absolutely appreciate you having me on. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the podcast, you have a few options. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it, and you'll be notified as new episodes are uploaded. You can also leave a review or send me your feedback. Doing so helps me to create content that's relevant to what you want to hear about. And last, you can share the podcast with a friend. Whether it's directly or sharing it on your social media, it helps them to know that you think that this is information that they need to hear about. Thank you.